All right. <laughs> they can be white, okay? Who knows what we're talking about today? Easter. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, the Bible. Woo, woo. I wait. Direction. <laughs> Communion. Okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is always the answer. All those other things are all true too. Um. Cool. I'm really excited. We've never done, for like all the years this Bible study has happened in all the different formats and stuff, we've never done communion before. Um, hmm? Every year? Oh, yeah. So um, I'm excited. Um, it'll be cool. Zach made some bread, which if it smells half as good as, if it tastes half as good as it smells, we're in for a treat. If it tastes good, he did. If it yeah. doesn't, he it. Good. If not, it was store-bought. <laughs> We've got some, some wine. we got some grape juice. Um, no, nobody <laughs> yeah. spill anything on the carpet <laughs> or the couch. New carpet. New carpet. It's a new couch. I'm yeah, taking a leap of faith. This may be our last <laughs> communion ever. <laughs> we have oh, some red spills. We'll be upstairs for communion and we'll be back down. <laughs> Just next year, everything's clothed in if plastic tarps. If you spill, you go to Bible study purgatory. <laughs> People have to pray until you can come back. <laughs> um, cool. So, I figured um, we're just going to jump right into it. So, actually, before we jump right in, what's the purpose of communion? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? All right, um, so it's um, the communion, like the Last Supper is mentioned um, three times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, we've been reading through John, but John doesn't mention it. John's been more so focused on miracles, specific miracles that Jesus performed. Um, he doesn't mention um, the Last Supper. Um, so Luke kind of has a little more detail in there, um, but I want to start with Matthew. It's very short, um, so I want to read Matthew... And Luke of um, so we're gonna be in Matthew twenty six of their their versions of it. Matthews and Marks are like almost word for word exactly the same, very similar. Um, Luke's very similar as well. He elaborates. He goes a little bit further into it. So we're gonna be mostly in Luke. But I figured let's read Matthew's account of it first. So Matthew twenty six, verse seventeen through thirty. It's pretty short. Does anybody want to take that? I got it. Go for it. First day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, he told them, You will see a certain man. Tell him, The teacher says, My time has come, and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples in your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray you. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one, Lord? He replied, One of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? 
when Jesus called him, but you have said it. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. He took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Awesome, thank you. Alright. Great amount of stuff happened there. Nothing too crazy, but we're going to dig into it. So, what do you guys see that uh, is going on here? What does this Last Supper look like? What's going on? Who's there? When is it happening? It's all of his disciples. Mm-hmm. Jesus is kind of taking a new spin on the Passover, um, where instead of eating a lamb, they're quote-unquote eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Yeah, that's a good observation. Alright, let's start from the beginning there, verse 17. Um, Actually, I lied. Let's um, let's go to Luke. Luke twenty-two, verse seven. Right, twenty-two, verse seven. Uh, and this is going to go through verse 30 so it's a little longer um, but let's just go through it a little bit by a little bit um, we're going to see a lot of similarities a lot of repeat um, go for it um, yeah do actually let's do let's just look at the first little bit um, Alright, so it's the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Anybody know what that means or, or what Unleavened Bread is? Yep, bread without yeast. Traditionally, um, like matzah bread is, is kind of like the, um, like, uh, it's kind of like the normal traditional communion bread. It's more like a cracker than Exactly. More like a cracker. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot of... I did not make crackers. <laughs> has a lot of symbolism in it and just how it's made and, and what it looks like as well. Um, which, you know, like the the stripes, like the... the Essentially what looks like burnt marks. The stripes and the holes, you know, can represent Jesus of him being pierced and nailed and beaten and bruised. Um, and, you know, and as... And as we're eating that, he's saying, you know, remember, this is my, this is my body. Um, so the Festival of Unleavened Bread, um, this is usually when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, going into Passover here. It's right before Passover is happening. Um, and, and he's saying, 
go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. They're asking, where? And he says, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. Um, at the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can take the Passover meal with my disciples? He'll take you upstairs to a large room that's already set up, and this is where you should prepare a meal. So we've seen kind of things like this happen before, where, um, you know, Jesus will be like, hey, like, go, you know, or, or like someone will talk to God. It was when, um, who had the vision about the animals coming down and saying that these are computer, thank you, where, you know, God will be like, hey, like, you go see this person, like, just go to them and go do this to, and, and follow them. And God to that other person is like, hey, this person is going to come to you. Just, you know, take them there. And it's just like, God's like, hey, you go meet with them. Hey, you go meet with them. They both kind of come here like, God sent you? Yep. All right, cool. Let's go. Um, a lot of cool, you know, like divine appointments like that. So this is kind of one of them. So um, at first it seems kind of weird where it's like, okay, so... I'm just looking for the first guy I see carrying a pitcher. Well, it's actually an unusual sight because um, carrying a pitcher was typically a woman's work. Um, and generally the men carried liquid in animal skin containers. So it would be distinctive for the disciples to see, oh, that man is carrying a pitcher. All the other people carrying pitchers are women or the men are, you know, carrying it in the, the animal um, skin containers. But that man has a pitcher. So this is the one that God is showing me to go follow. Um, so God is already like making it clear for him, like this, go here and look for, you know, that person. God is so smart. <laughs> How does he know everything? <laughs> Who? God, God. He, he knows yeah. <laughs> so during Passover, you know, the whole point of Passover is they're sacrificing a perfect lamb, um, that has no blemish. It's one year old male, very specific also. And to, to celebrate what God did back in the day with Moses of getting them out of slavery, out of Egypt. And it'd be, you know, using the blood of the lamb to mark your doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over um, and not kill the firstborns as he would for all the um, Egyptians. Which, fun fact, the angel of death, that's God's hand moving across. It's not just like God's like, Psst, angel of death, go. Like God's hand passed over them god's god's presence was there passing over saying you are safe you are safe you're covered by the blood of the lamb you're covered by the blood of the lamb these egyptians are not and wiped out their firstborn sons um where was i going um oh the lamb so traditionally then, the lamb that they just used to sacrifice, they're also required, that's kind of part of the whole thing. Now you cook the lamb. It's not just, you know, use its blood and that's it. It's like God's, you know, like, use the blood, mark the doorpost, do this, you know, to remember what your ancestors went through. Now, now you know, cook the lamb, roast it over a fire, eat it. Um, so during Passover, there's traditionally a plate that has different elements to represent all the, all the, you know, historical and remembrance aspects of the Passover Seder of here's, um, you know, bitter herbs, which represent the suffering that, you know, the Egyptians went through during slavery. And here's the salt water re represents their tears. And, um, here's the lamb that represents 
the Passover lamb, you know, the bone. Um, but during this particular meal, there was no lamb, which for a few reasons. One, it's before Passover. This is right. This is right before Passover. This is the first day. So the animals, the lambs, weren't sacrificed yet. People are preparing them, getting them, choosing them right now to bring them in. So that lamb, all the lambs, um, haven't been sacrificed yet. There's, the lambs are still alive. So there was no lamb there. They weren't preparing the lamb. Um, God didn't have lamb on the table during the Last Supper. I think another aspect of that is um, it represents Jesus as being the lamb. Jesus is the Passover lamb at the table. He's the sacrificial, sacrificial lamb. None of the Gospels mention the lamb at the Passover. Um, I think it was just emphasizing the idea that he was the Passover sacrifice to come. And at the same time, Jesus is also being prepared right now in the same way that the lambs are being prepared um, for slaughter. My pastor was saying something interesting about how, like, um, before they would, like, cook the lamb, the Passover lamb, when they would kill it, they would hang it, like, on a wooden bar to, like, drain the blood out, mm-hmm. and kind of, like, and he was talking about how, you know, as Jesus was walking around Jerusalem, it was like he was seeing all these other sacrificial, sacrificial lambs being, like, crucified, basically being stretched out mm. on these, like, wooden bars wow. by, by their legs to, like, drain the blood out. And what that must have felt like for him knowing that wow. that was what that's he was him. trying to suffer on the cross. Wow. That's very interesting. That's, 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 huh. That's yeah. That's a, I, I've never thought about that. Yeah. It's, also, just a heads up, it's not uncommon to have, you usually have seven meals as part of Passover, like mm-hmm. seven dinners, seven Passover seders, uh, and in most of them you only have, you don't have lamb, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's only in the last one or two if you actually have lamb, mm-hmm. but it's not uncommon for you to, you just don't have leaven throughout the whole week. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's look at. All right, let's let's uh, go to verse fourteen because essentially we we kind of covered up to there. So I'm going to start reading fourteen through eighteen. I can take it. Go for it. Then when the hour came, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him, and he said to them. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. I've been eager to have this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. You know, a lot of them were like confused when, you know, he died of like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like, we thought he was the Messiah and others, you know, didn't get it until he rose again. I'm like, oh yeah, he told us about this. You know, like I, I couldn't imagine they'd be like, you're suffering. Like, wait, what's going to happen? So what does he do with the wine? When, when he gets the wine, what does he do with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
and the wine. He says, well, not in Luke, but in um, Matthew and Mark. And then, but then he says it here about the the bread. He says, "This is my body." Now he doesn't say this. Doesn't say this represents my blood. He says, "No, this is my blood," which I think is really interesting. A lot of times we say, "Okay, let's take this. It represents his blood." This is his blood. When you partake in this, this is his blood. It's not like, oh yeah, we're taking this because like it represents his blood. There's a no, it is his blood. This is Jesus' blood. And he gives thanks to it. You know, which which he did for a lot of things. You know, everything he did. When uh when all they had was a few fish and a few loaves of bread, he raised it up to God, gave thanks to it, and blessed it, and thanks God and thanked God for what he had. And and God you know, uses what is, you know, what's there. And I think it's just like a really good display of, like, I know that, you know, there's the Holy Trinity and Jesus in front of God, but it's a really good display of like, authority for the people to say, you know, even though I am the Messiah, even though I have pulled you out of Egypt, even though I've done all these miracles, I still have a heavenly father mm-hmm. who I have to bow down to, who I worship, and who I know is guided me. Alright, who wants to take nineteen through twenty-three? I got it. Go for it. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? Awesome. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The disciples began to ask each other which of them would ever do such a thing. <laughs> so, I saw a correlation here. Um, Exodus twenty-four eight. You can turn there if you want, or um, I'll just read a little bit. Is anybody still in Luke twenty-two? Yes. Can Can someone read? Um, just verse 20. Read that part again. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Read that again? The, the part of after he takes the cup. Verse 20? Yeah. Anybody have another version? I think I think I think I know what you're going for. So this cup is, um, I think maybe this translation might link up better. But it could be, this cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with My blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. What's the agreement confirmed with? What's up? What is, what is the agreement in? How is it confirmed? With My blood. With His blood. So that brings us to Exodus 24, 8.
Then Moses took, oh, I'm going to start from verse 7 actually. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. Again, they are all, again, they all responded, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. Verse 8. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over the people, declaring, Look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. So when the first covenant was given, God's covenant, the Ten Commandments, the law of the land, essentially, God's covenant, Moses took the, the blood from a sacrifice and like, kind of splashed everybody with it to, to confirm the blood, to confirm the covenant with the blood of the sacrifice. And now we see Jesus here in Luke 22 saying, there's a new covenant, and it's also being covered and confirmed with blood, but this time with my blood, with the sacrifice of this Passover lamb, of me. I think it's cool to see that correlation there of Old Testament and New Testament of you know, it's not just like, oh yeah, that's what they did back then and this is what's happening now. It's it's all one and the same. There's a covenant between holiness and man. First, you know, Moses was able to present it to them. God used Moses to present it to them saying, here is the Lord's covenant confirmed with blood. And now Jesus is saying, here's the Lord's covenant confirmed with blood. Um, Exodus 24, 8, versus Luke um, 22, 20. Anything else from here before we keep going? You know, again, with the bread, and then he does the same thing. He... he um, he took the bread, he gave thanks to God for it, then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you, do this to remember me. And, you know, he's, he's tearing the bread, you know, also it's like his body is broken, his body is, you know, torn apart, um, whipped and bruised and beaten. I know it's kind of like a, it's confusing. It's kind of like, it almost seems like Christianese. It's like, yes, I, I believe in Jesus. I realize this is not blood. Yeah. I realize this is not physically Jesus's blood. Yes, it does represent his blood. That's the whole point of it. But we're doing it as though this is Jesus. We're doing it as though we're doing what he told us to do of, hey, you want to follow me? Drink my blood, eat my flesh. That's what we're doing with this. That's when, you, know, you want to follow me, and that's when he lost a lot of followers, because they're like, oh, this guy is weird, like, he's telling us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, and that's what he's telling us to do. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, follow me, be one with me. So it's like, yes, it does represent his blood and his body, 
but we do it as though it is his blood and his body. We're doing it in remembrance of him, of this isn't just a cup of wine or, you know, piece of bread. Like, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. We're, you know, one with him. I remember in um, high school, there was like a, I think like part of a history class or something. They had like a little world religions unit. And there was like, we had to answer a bunch of questions of like before we started to see kind of like what we knew of like Christianity and like other religions. And one of the questions was, you know, that Christians believe that when they take communion that it's, and there was like multiple choice, either is Jesus' blood or represents his blood. And then there are like other options. I was like, clearly it's represents his blood. And I got it wrong and I was mad because I'm like, I'm a Christian. It It's not his blood. It represents his blood. And kind of like, just reading this again this past week, I'm like, it just brought back memories to that for all of us from like 10th yeah. grade or something. I'm like, huh. Like, the nominations are, are created based on blood. Literally based on it. Yeah, oh my goodness. Right. It is quite the top. So. Right. Yeah, even even within Christianity, we get some who are like, yeah, no, it's not his blood. It represents his blood. Issue. Yeah. That's one detail. Mm-hmm. And you have a completely new sect of Christianity. It's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're now at. Uh, so, and he's saying, okay, sitting at this table, a friend here, a man is going to betray me. It's going to be the Son of Man. He must die, but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him. Matthew and Mark say that Jesus also said, would have been better for that guy to never have been born than to betray Jesus. Um, and then the disciples all start asking each other, who would do such a thing? Jesus, would I do that? Would I do that? No, surely I wouldn't do that. Would he do that? Would he do that? Verse 24. Then they began to argue amongst themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, In this world, the kings are great. In this world, the kings and great men lord over their people. Yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one being served? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one of one who serves. You have stayed with me in my time of trial, and just as the Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at the my table in the king in my kingdom, and you will sit on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So here they all are arguing, like, you know, after they're done about, like, wow, Jesus said that someone's going to betray him. Like, wow, is it us? Is it me? Is it him? Who Like, who's going to betray Jesus? And then they go into arguing about who's the greatest. Oh, surely I must be the greatest. Surely I'm the one Jesus loved, so I must be the greatest. And he's like, dude, come on, man. Jesus loved us all. He's like, yeah, but he loves me also. Um, and it's like, no, I must be the greatest. Like, I did these things. God used me in these ways. No, I'm greater. 
God used me in these ways. Jesus said this to me. Did he tell you this? Hey, I saw this. Did you see that? They're arguing about who's greater. I think that's interesting. Um, I've had this conversation with my aunt before, and she said that she doesn't understand how sometimes believers say they struggle with being humble. But um, I can kind of see why Christians would struggle struggle being humble. Like In reality, we should be humble because we have been chosen and like we're so undeserving of the power of the cross and what Jesus did for us, so we should be humble that we, we know our Savior and that we're loved by Him. But I think that sometimes Christians may think like I'm Christian and I don't do that, so I'm better than you. Like I live by what Jesus calls me to do, and I'm better than you. So like I kind of get like this kind of seems like a pride thing right here, yeah. where they're arguing about who is greatest and who He loves best because they're like, well, Jesus told me this. Well, Jesus gifted me with this, so I'm better than you. It's like a pride thing when really we. Should like, we're supposed to be humbled, be, being known by Him and being loved by Him and being led by Him and everything. So I kind of see, like, that kind of spills into today's culture of, like, Christians being prideful with their faith, which is just interesting. Yeah. And I like Jesus' response to, you know, He's he's there among them, and they start to argue, like, who is greatest, and, and Jesus doesn't just straight up answer them and be like, guys, None of you are the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm Jesus. I'm God. Like, I'm greater than all of you. You know, he doesn't do that. And he doesn't point someone out saying, all right, you know, this disciple's the really the best. Like, he's been the most loyal. No, no he doesn't do either of those things. Instead, he, he does what Jesus does. And he goes into a teaching about it of like, okay, you guys think that you're all the greatest? Well, really, like, to be great, you should take the lowest rank. You should be the least. You think that like the one who's being served is is the greatest because normally that's how it works. Like if you're, you know, a waiter or a king at a table, clearly everybody would think the king is the greatest. He's like, but nope. In this kingdom, in my kingdom, it's the one serving who's the greatest. And we see that from his example, right? You know, Jesus just previously we didn't we didn't go over it, but Jesus washed their feet. Has anybody ha- ever had their feet washed by someone else? Yeah. I've seen that once before at a wedding ceremony. It's very interesting. Like, just just to have your feet washed is a very humbling experience. You're like, wow, someone is, someone is down on their on their knees washing my feet. And you know, back then that's like the that's like the dirtiest part because like they're they're walking around in sandals. You know, they don't have socks and shoes, so like their feet are filthy. And you know, that was a thing. Like before you walk into the house, like it's not like all right, wash your hands before you eat. It's all right, wash your feet. And Jesus washed their feet. Jesus served. Jesus went to the prostitutes. He went to the the demon-possessed. He went to the outcasts. He went to all these people, and he served them. And Jesus is saying, like, look, you guys are arguing about who's the greatest. Be a servant. Be the lowest of them all, and then you'll be the, the greatest, really. I saw this quote, which I thought was really cool. Um, This is by, I don't know if anybody's heard of this guy, because I never have. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Spurgeon? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay, well then everybody has. Okay. Um, He's an 1800s preacher um, from Europe. Um, He was known as the Prince of Preachers, um, just kind of 
based off of his great teaching styles and stuff. Um, this is a quote from him. King of kings is a title full of majesty, but servant of servants is the name which our Lord preferred when he was here below. He was, the, he is the king of kings. If, if all the kings of all the nations of all time, past, present, future, were to be in a nation as citizens, yeah. Jesus is the king, the Lord over all of those kings, earthly kings. He, he still rules them all, and he does. But instead of being coming, coming down and being like, ruling with an iron fist, he chose to be the servant of servants. Not the king of kings, which is a title full of majesty that he deserved, but servant of servants. I'm going to read it one more time. King of kings is a title full of majesty, but servant of servants is the name which our Lord preferred when he was here below. Which just shows how humble Jesus was, that he he was the only one to, to come in cocky and arrogant and and proud and big and hey bow down to me he could have been the only one ever to do that but he didn't instead he's washing people washing people's feet and he's healing people who don't deserve it and he's saving people who don't deserve it and he's dying a criminal's death yeah i think just a little extra tidbit to that point is um in 25 he says they're called friends of the people and jesus doesn't even want to be a friend of the people he wants to be a servant of Hmm. That's good. So it's like even lower than that. Yeah. Always better. Any other thoughts here? Um, I like when the um, disciples are like questioning, like if I'm going to be the one to betray, um, and then the way that like Judas asks like rabbi he's trying to be so like formal I guess with Jesus and then the way that Jesus responds to him like you have said it and it just makes me wonder like if Judas like heart just dropped to his feet or something <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. he like knew right there and then like oh my gosh I'm the one mm-hmm. like what am I gonna do that it's gonna be so bad to like, be Judas yeah it's like it's like, it's yeah. The the fact that he's like, Jesus knows that I'm about to betray him. Like, it'd be like a kid, like be like, I'm gonna go steal a cookie before dinner, and the parent be like, I know one of you is gonna steal a cookie before dinner, and they're like, I didn't even do it yet. Right. So let's do it. So was Judas already like plotting this? Like, yes. Yeah, I think he had already taken money from the from the priests at this point. This wow. like half up front. <laughs> later, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? But, I mean, the problem was he didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He thought it was a lie. Like, it's just a Or he just wanted money. Or he just wanted money. Well, he didn't, he didn't want the money after he found out Jesus was like a crucified. Yeah. You know, witnessing miracles. And still, so your heart is hard-built. Like, mm-hmm. All right.
Any any other thoughts, comments, concerns, questions of anything that we read so far? Cool. Well, again, just a reminder. This is this is not the this is leavened bread. This, yeah. This is this is leavened bread. This bread has yeast, so this is not traditionally what would be. Um, being partaken. Uh, so again, this this kind of be more so what would be like traditionally like matzah bread, something similar to this that's unleavened. There's no yeast in it. Um, during the feast of unleavened bread. Um, so we have a few loaves of this. Um, so don't be shy with taking breaking a piece off. Um, I've always enjoyed a communion where I think I've only done it once before where there was like loaves of bread where it's, hey, this is Jesus' bread. Don't be, this is Jesus' body. Sorry, this is Jesus' body. Don't be skippy with it. Don't, don't go, let me just take a little piece of Jesus and put it in my pocket, so little. <laughs> Tear off a piece of his body and, and partake of it. <clears throat> so, first, and, and to, 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 you know, let's, we'll, we'll raise this to God. God, we thank you for, for your son. Jesus, we thank you for your body. Um, we thank you for giving it to us. And all that we can do is, is return it back to you and, and offer ourselves as a sacrifice as well. So God, we thank you for this and we partake of your body. And we thank you for your body on the cross that was beaten and bruised and torn um, and crucified there for us out of love. Again, we have more than we have more than this loaf, so seriously, like don't be shy. And we can go back for more. Let's partake.
Monday night? <laughs> <laughs> I might I might in a future Monday night just so I can make it better. Yeah, sir, you're Yeah, I got a topic. Yeah, I can see why this would be expected by. Oh, yeah. You're a fan of Jesus? Now, Seth, you tell us. Oh, it's gross. Get out of here. So, Jesus welcomes me. Why can't you? Sorry, more to tell it for us. Yeah, All right, see. Officer Merkel isn't here, so if you'd like some wine, I'll give you some wine. <laughs> um, does anybody not want wine? Me. I have both. You have both. Yeah. Does anybody? I'll you want grape juice? Oh. You want grape juice? I raise your hand so I can see how many. One. Grape juice, two. You want wine? That's okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm not. I'm just asking. Hey man, my first communion, I was 12 years old, and they made us drink the wine, and they were like, when you stand up there, you must not make a face. <laughs> Sorry, McCabe and Zach, we're going to do this they Jesus like style, I'll take a sip week. and pass okay. it. Okay, I'll start. <laughs> McCabe can deal with it. Right. Oh God, we, we thank you for your blood, we thank you for the sacrifice um, of, of being the Passover lamb, of taking that beating, of, of shedding your blood for us. Um, we just thank you so much. There's nothing that we can do to pay you back or to say thank you enough for what you did. Uh, but we thank you and we, we do our best um, and we, we dedicate our lives to you, God. Thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah, you want me to pour this? That one's grape juice. I'm going to pour a few of those. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I got two bottles. You don't have to be shy with it. Maybe like go up to like the last little line of it. Okay. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. You want This is this is breaking two rules of my Monday night, so I don't usually um, do don't let alcohol be out on Monday nights and or food Anybody and drinks down here. Mm-hmm. Usually keep Monday nights dry. Mm-hmm. I'll pass out these mines. Mm-hmm. You can feel free to drink it. And man, I can't even imagine like how good the wine was that Jesus turned from water.
I was a Episcopal for like a long time, which is Catholic like Episcopal. Oh, okay. It's like Catholic, but you're Protestant. And, um, uh, yeah, they do like Is it kind of like Lutheran? Probably. But it's like, it's it's a lot like a Catholic mass. Like okay, yeah, Lutherans are like that. I went on my shirt. No, I think it was a part of the cork. It was not Please let me come back. You don't have to let Ben come back, but you can let us come back. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll close out and then uh, we can enjoy some more of Jesus' body and blood. Delicious. God, thank you for this evening. Um, Thank you for your sacrifice again. Uh, we can never say thank you enough. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your body that you laid out for us. And thank you for this awesome group of people that you've blessed me and Yana with to be able to host here. And um, yeah, just for everybody here, they're, they're all such a blessing. Um, we just pray for um, favor and blessing upon everybody and safety. Um, yeah, I continue to pray for everybody's family as well here. Um, just that each one of us can continue to be a light in our families and our friends and our coworkers and our classes, um, wherever we are, um, that people see you when they see us. Um, help us to be able to live that out and to live a life that honors you. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Cool, cool. Well, Thank you guys for hosting. Yeah, I love it.